Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show. And the Steelers are in full 2024 mode. And Steel Curtain Network is going to be there every step of the way. No matter what day of the week it is, you're probably going to have three original shows every single day. Like Mondays, like today, you are getting HWG. But this morning, you got Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. So much stuff happened over the weekend with submissions here on Steel Curtain Network. And all week long, you're going to have it. So make sure you check us out here for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And you know, a lot of the times, if you hear it here, you're hearing it here first. And when I'm talking about first, I'm talking about the first man of professional football when it comes from a high school coach that talks about pro football and knows it better than anybody. His name is Kevin Thatcher Smith. KT, what is going on? What's happening, Brian? Excited to do another show with you here as we slog through February and the East Coast. Man, this is a this is a tough time of year, I think, for a lot of people. So I'm hoping that uh, we give him something to keep him entertained here through these tough winter months. Absolutely. It, it's really weird weather, too. And I've got a best friend that lives in Los Angeles, and they had crazy storms, you know, probably about two, three weeks ago, where uh, it ended up being bad but not as bad as what it could have been and everybody had off school the other day here in uh maryland where i'm at and then it's just it's fine (laughs) it's just now it's like 45 and nice (laughs) so you never know i cannot wait my uh just like my fandom you know it, it truly starts after the super bowl again it starts back up even though we're talking about it but for me, it doesn't matter what the day on the calendar it, calendar it is. As soon as daylight savings time starts, as soon as Eastern Standard Time starts in the um, in the fall, for me, it's game on. Yeah, the NFL is a league that never sleeps, and so there's just something going on all the time. And uh, Super Bowl ended a week ago. Everybody's obviously now turning their attention towards free agency, the draft, big things happening with the Steelers, lots of quarterback talk, Arthur Smith, plenty, plenty of us to get at. So let's talk about that quarterback talk. Cause that's going to be something that we are going to be talking about during this show. And we're going to be talking about, about ad nauseum. There's been a lot of reports. And one of the reports that has come out now of Pittsburgh is that, there is some dissension in the ranks as far as who is the number one guy at the quarterback position. Is it Mason Rudolph? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is Mason Rudolph going to stay? Does Mason Rudolph want a fresh start? Does Mason Rudolph want a ton of money? Who wants Mason Rudolph? Who wants Kenny Pickett? That's all the talk. And then you throw on, well, they're bringing in somebody that Arthur Smith wants or they are going to trade for Justin Fields. Everybody seems to be split. My contention is that unless it's coming from the 412 or the 724 or somebody that knows those area codes, then don't even listen to them. Kevin, what are you thinking? I'm I I really struggle to see the Steelers bringing in a big name from the outside. I don't 
I'd be shocked. I, I really would be. I would be shocked if they traded for Fields because of the capital they'd have to move to do it, because of the scenario that it would set up. I, I can't envision Fields and Pickett competing for the starting job. Because What if Pickett wins? What if Pickett wins that competition? And now you've traded away a second-round draft pick and maybe maybe more than that to acquire a backup quarterback. That 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 seems absurd to me. And if Fields wins that competition, then you're basically you're basically said he's now our starter for the foreseeable future. And the guy we just drafted in the first round two years ago is going to be our backup. And both to me, both those scenarios are are untenable for the Steelers. And so I don't believe that you'll see that. I don't believe you'll see a big move for a Kirk Cousins. I mean, that name was kicked out here a few times. I think it's somewhat realistic that you may see like a Ryan Tannehill or a veteran backup, maybe on the back end of their career who could push Pickett for the job uh, and serve as a a viable backup if Pickett has to sit. So that, that I think is somewhat uh, realistic, but I think really the most realistic scenario is, is that the the Steelers try to re-sign Rudolph because he knows the system and they know the, the well, I know it's a new system with Arthur Smith, but they, they know the personnel, they know the player, et cetera. And, and if there's internal division about Pickett and Rudolph, then to me, that suggests that there will be a competition between those two guys, unless, unless I'll say one more thing, unless maybe ownership says, look, we spent a first round pick on Kenny Pickett. And we need to find out. We need to give him one more shot, year three, to find out if he's really our starter. And we need to do that and support him the best we can. And we don't want there to be internal division, so we're not going to resign Rudolph. We're gonna, we're basically going to kind of push our chips in Kenny Pickett's direction. We're going to bring in a viable backup from outside the organization, and we're going to do everything that we can to see if we can make it work with Pickett. So, to me, those are the those are the those latter two scenarios. They're either re-signing Rudolph and, and having him compete with Pickett, or they're basically going to 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 let Rudolph walk so they can really find out if Pickett is the guy. Seems the most realistic. All right, let me ask you this because I am hearing so many bogus theories of what the Pittsburgh Steelers should do right now. And one of the biggest one, this would shock a whole heck of a lot of people. And what it is, is Desmond Ritter. And it's funny about the whole Desmond Ritter talk, because people are saying that Desmond Ritter is a viable candidate right now for the Steelers because he was with Arthur Smith. Now, that is funny to me because, Kevin, everybody talks about familiarity. And because Arthur Smith is coming in, oh, Desmond Ritter's his guy. Well. Desmond Ritter was also the scapegoat for what happened in Atlanta. And if you're going to bring in a guy, you're going to bring in Ryan Tannehill, who he's had success with. But everybody wants to find somebody that somebody's had a connection with and worked in with before and say that that's got to be the direction that the Steelers are going in. If you bring in a guy like Ritter or even Justin Fields, what's that saying? That's saying that, you're probably settling for the same thing that you have in Kenny Pickett. It's just a different name because they didn't work. And that includes Justin Fields, who a lot of people thought was successful in some facets of his game, but 
really is he an upgrade over Kenny Pickett? Uh, I mean, bringing in Ritter makes zero sense. Why? Why bring in a guy who's drafted in the same draft as Pickett, who but but later and has experienced less success in the NFL than Pickett has, uh, just because he knows Arthur Smith's system? That that makes no sense. And and by the way, I, I spent a lot of time breaking down Arthur Smith film in Atlanta the last couple of weeks. And I can tell you this, uh, I, I, and again, I, I mean, no disrespect to any of the, any of the players, you know, I, I don't like to criticize players and coaches because I have such great respect for the hard work that they've put in and the success that they've achieved. But the fans are frustrated because they believe Kenny Pickett can't read a defense. Way do they get a load of Desmond Ritter? I mean, Desmond Ritter really struggles to read defenses. I think one of the problems that Arthur Smith had was he had to simplify his passing game so much because Ritter was really, really unable to either recognize defenses or move through progressions. And so bringing in, yes, what I believe would be a worse version of Kenny Pickett is just something I can't possibly see happening. About the Justin Fields thing. Justin Fields is not that much of an upgrade over Kenny Pickett, is he? That's a great question. And and I've gone back and forth on this. I I think that when you look at Justin Fields, you're and, and you think about acquiring him, there there are some things that obviously make him pretty tantalizing. He's a tremendous athlete. And and if the idea in the Arthur Smith offense is to be a a wide zone sort of sort of horizontally based uh, attack where you're stretching teams with your with your run game and then you're using that to to boot off of it and you're going to move the quarterback and you're going to have designed quarterback runs and those things then he's attractive he also throws a hell of a deep ball and so that I mean the, the, that's the strength of his game is is throwing that deep ball but Justin Fields has glaring deficiencies like Kenny Pickett does they're just not the same deficiencies right Pick, Pickett's struggles have been his pocket presence and his ability to read the defense fields struggles have been uh, being careless with the football, turning it over too much and uh, just taking too many sacks, holding on to the ball too long. So those are, those are sort of a different set of flaws. So in, in a way you'd be kind of, if you moved from picket to fields, you'd be sort of trading one flawed quarterback for another flawed quarterback. Then the question would be, does the upside of fields, namely his athleticism and his deep ball skills, warrant taking that, making that move to acquire him? And and again, man, I just I just don't think it why why would you invest that much capital for a guy you're gonna have to fix when you've got a guy who's ability-wise probably similar? Uh, and, and you already know that guy and you already know his flaws and, and, you know, hopefully what you've done with Arthur Smith is brought in someone who can fix Pickett, not somebody who, you know, is, is here to fix somebody else. So let's talk about Kenny Pickett versus Mason Rudolph. And this show might as well be called Kenny Pickett versus the world, because we've already talked about so many different guys that could be a possibility that other people are floating as possibilities. But I want to talk about Mason for this. First and foremost, before we get started, it should be noted, and this is no surprise, we've said this on Steel Curtain Network before, Kenny Pickett has only had five quarters post-Matt Canada. 
Mason Rudolph has had all of his quarters post Matt Canada as a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Now, we can all agree that he was pretty good, even in the loss to Buffalo. Nobody's really complaining about Mason Rudolph's game. But I don't want to compare Kenny Pickett to Mason Rudolph of 2023. I want to compare Kenny Pickett to Mason Rudolph of 2018 and 2019. Granted, we didn't see a lot of him in 2018. Granted, mostly we saw of him was 2019. So if we go ahead and look at Kenny Pickett in his second year, you can even throw in his first year, versus 2019 Mason Rudolph, what you got from him, would you basically be saying that you have the same type of quarterback? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, it is... Uh... Is the success that Rudolph experienced directly related to the uh, the change in coordinators? And then if that's the case, couldn't Pickett experience something similar? I mean, in those five quarters that Kenny Pickett played post-Matt Canada, he went 31 for 40 throwing the ball. 31 for 40 for 300-some yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions. He looked pretty darn good. Uh, and again, five quarters. And so... You you back up to to Mason Rudolph from a couple of years ago, and you think, well, there's a guy who obviously didn't look very good. Now now Mason Rudolph's story is very complex because you have these two years where he basically doesn't play any football whatsoever, and in that time period, he's talked a lot about how much he learned and worked on his game. And by playing the scout team quarterback, he got he got to go up against the Steelers defense every day, and he learned so much from that. And he really earned tremendous respect in that locker room for the way that he approached it. And so that when he got his chance, he was ready. He was ready to go. And, uh, and, and yes, there, there, were, there were times that he looked uh, really good while he was playing. And, and clearly there's a lot of Steelers fans who believe that he's now better than Pickett. But here's the thing, man. It was just four games. Mason Rudolph played just four games. Uh Two of them were against two of the absolute worst pass defenses in the NFL, uh, in Cincinnati and Seattle. The third one was against Baltimore's JV when they rested pretty much all their starters. And then the fourth one was the playoff game at Buffalo, which was Rudolph's worst game of the four. So the one really sort of legitimate defense he played was his worst performance. And so the thing that you got to ask yourself is this, man. Kenny Pickett battled through all that time with Matt Canada, right? And battled through the growing pains that that come with being a rookie and, and being thrust into the starting lineup without really having had first team reps at all his his rookie season. And uh, I mean, he, he struggled against, you know, some, some long odds and still looked all right. You know, like, I mean, he didn't look great. I mean, nobody's, nobody's saying that Rudolph clearly looked better, but like the calculus between the two is that, is that Rudolph, when, when he looked good in those last four games, did so in, with pretty optimal conditions. Again, bad defenses and a better coordinator situation than what Pickett had experienced. And I think, I guess, to make my point, I, pro- I apologize if I'm kind of going about this a, a long way to get to a simple point, but to make my point, I think the Steelers have to really think long and hard about whether or not what they saw from Mason Rudolph is who he's going to be 
in 2024. Uh, and, and, and if that's something that they can't get from Kenny Pickett, because again, you go back to those five quarters that Pickett played post Canada, 31 for 40, and he looked pretty darn good. So all, all of this makes for this sort of like ethereal conversation that, you know, you just can't really kind of put your finger on anything concrete. And that's what makes it so hard. There's a lot of unanswered questions. All right, let's take a quick break. We will be back with the two other storylines that we are going to be looking at heavily here when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the offseason, heading into 2024 free agency, the draft, and the season at large. Stick around. We will be back right after this. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again to get into the second half of what we are doing here on Here We Go, the Steelers show. In the first half, we talked a lot about Kenny Pickett versus the world and every other quarterback that has been mentioned so far. We even threw in the idea of, you know, people are talking about Kirk Cousins. They're talking about Desmond Ritter, which is ridiculous to both of us. They're talking about Ryan Tannehill. They're even talking about a Russell Wilson as well and Justin Fields. So it seems like it's Kenny Pickett against the field as well as the world. You know, there, there are so many things to talk about here. And it's even Kenny Pickett against Mason Rudolph as well. So if you did not get a chance to check out the first half of this show, go ahead back and listen to it. Kevin Smith is on target as always. And now we're going to continue with talking about the other storylines that are going to be very prevalent during the off season. Kevin, where do we go next? Well, I think you have to assess your personnel and every year there's changes. Obviously you think about right. Who stays, who goes. I think last year, if you think back to last off season, there was a lot of examination of the linebacking core, the Steelers, really started over at the inside linebacker position. They got rid of both Devin Bush and Miles Jack, and they brought in Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts, uh, Quan Alexander. I mean, those guys played really good football until <laughs> until the linebackers for the Steelers became like the drummer for Spinal Tap, man. They were like just com- <laughs> spontaneously combusting. Um, and so this year it'll be interesting to see what will be that position group that the Steelers really feel as though they need to – uh, develop. And I, for me, that's the offensive line. I think the Steelers need to make two changes on the offensive line uh, at the center position and at the left tackle position. Now, those changes might not both come from outside the organization. I can see a scenario whereby Broderick Jones kicks back over to his natural position at left tackle and Dan Moore goes to the right tackle where, where he played a lot of in college. Um, or they may bring somebody in or draft somebody to compete with more. But I really, really think that the Steelers need to assess the center position. To me, that uh, that's the weakest position, I think, on their on their starting offense and something that must be uh, addressed this offseason. So if they bring in a tackle 
or they bring in a center, what is more ideal? Is it to find one of those positions through the draft, find one of those positions through free agency, or both? But if you had to pick, would you rather have a drafted left tackle or an existing one? And the same with center. Well, the tricky thing about signing a left tackle is that the really good ones get locked up. You don't let the really good ones get to free agency. The uh, the value on left tackles uh, and tackles in general is so high that teams recognize the need to lock those guys up. So oftentimes, the, the, the tackles that hit free agency, if they're really good, they either get like break the bank numbers, which the Steelers are not going to be able to do, or you wind up kind of casting about for mid-level players. And, and, and I don't know if that's really what Pittsburgh uh, needs right now. You know, I think that they need a, more of a high-end guy. They found one in Broderick Jones. And I think for me personally, the wiser route is to, is to go that way in the draft. Now, I would not be upset. I'm probably in the minority on this because I know there's needs elsewhere. But I wouldn't be upset if the Steelers – uh, spent two of the top three picks on offensive linemen because I do I really believe that you know that's that's the number one thing man if you're going to bring in Arthur Smith as your offensive coordinator uh, and you're going to uh, you know you're going to run his system what does his system rely on well it relies on a, a bruising running game uh, and and it sets up the pass off that run game and the best success he's had as a coordinator has been when he's also had great offensive lines. His his units in Tennessee were top five. Each of the two years that he was there, his offensive lines ranked top five in the PFF ratings. And the ones in Atlanta, even though he didn't have as much success, he was pretty hamstrung by the quarterback, uh, but they were still top 10 groups. And the Steelers are not that right now. So I think the upgrades on the O-line are essential if you want Smith's system to succeed. And so I would invest heavily in the draft. Yeah, I'd pursue I'd pursue a, a player or two in free agency, but I think the draft is the ticket. Absolutely is. Is there anybody that would shock you if the Steelers were to bring in, in free agency for the offensive line? I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't really scoured the list of free agents just yet. I would be I'd be kind of surprised if the Steelers threw money at um like a like a, a Trey Turner type. You know, like a guy uh, who had once been an, an all-pro player but was so, sort of on the back end of his career. It's a young offense. I mean, Isaac Samuel is the only guy on the entire offense who's over 30 years old. Uh, just about everybody else is 27 and under. And so it, it doesn't make sense to me for the Steelers to say, all right, here's a, here's a free agent tackle. And again, I don't have any names off the top of my head, but here's a free agent tackle uh, who's who's – been a former all pro but he's now 33 years old he's available we can get him at an affordable number i just don't feel as though that's the way they're trying to rebuild right now i think they're looking for for youth for athleticism uh, and again man that means like hey there's a guy just coming off his rookie contract who they like who they think that they can get at a decent number or they're going to acquire somebody in the draft we talked about personnel. We talked about quarterback. Those are two of the major headlines. If we were looking at one more, one more that we're really looking at the Steelers to go ahead and address, what are you thinking here? 
So I think the last thing that is is really something that you and I and all the fans we won't really get to see. I think it's going to be sort of putting back uh, that that coach's room, that locker room, integrating the new pieces. You've got Canada gone. Um, you know, you're going to bring back Eddie Faulkner. You're going to bring back some of the offensive staff. Frisman Jackson is gone. Arthur Smith's coming in. There's questions evidently about whether or not Pickett or Rudolph is the guy from, you know, behind closed doors. And so I think that really it, it's a big offseason for the Steelers from a coaching staff and front off office perspective to get on the same page. Everybody's got to get on the same page. That means having some hard conversations as, as you work things out. I mean, I, I do this with my coaching staff at, at our high school every year, right? We, we wind up letting guys go and bringing in new guys. I just, I just hired a new coach the other day and, and, uh, and we'll sit down soon as a group and we'll go through some, some, some hard conversations. Uh, you'll have to, you have to say to guys very pointedly, Hey, look, here are things that you didn't do well last year and I need you to do better this year, or here are disagreements that we had about our scheme, our culture, our philosophy, whatever it might be. And, and we got to get on the same page because when the coaching staff is not on the same page, when the management is not on the same page, it filters down to the locker room, subtle, sometimes subtly, uh, sometimes glaringly, but, but it becomes apparent. And if you want the players uh, and everybody pulling in the same direction, that's got to start at the top. And so I think that that in Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin's been great at this throughout his career, but in Pittsburgh, with Arthur Smith on board, there's going to be a new wide receivers coach. They're going to have to, to come to an agreement about what they want to do about the quarterback position. And then everybody, man, all hands on deck, we're all moving forward in the same direction. So it's a big offseason from that perspective. It absolutely is. And I keep checking my inbox. I didn't receive any linkedin invitations for an interview for your coaching staff and I, i'm a little disappointed here Kevin. i told you man you're the hype man you're the hype man you oh, know? oh okay. yeah you know? all right yeah you're you're, st- the, you're the run through the banner guy you know let's go you know and i still have not received any swag and you have my address <laughs> i don't have any ocean city red raider swag and i'm a little disappointed on that too all right i'm, I'm being dead serious now brian i'm going I, you will you will acquire some oc uh high school swag in the, very shortly oh you know i'll rep it like crazy too. <laughs> uh now now here i'm just like begging for swag but with that being said kevin it has been a great week do you kind of feel that uh the next couple weeks even though with a combine approaching do you feel that the, the next couple of weeks are basically all geared towards the draft, excuse me, towards free agency for the Steelers and the draft, even though it's never on the back burner, do you think that really they're not fortifying any plans until after free agency? I think they're probably doing it all you know, together right now. Uh, the old proverbial walking, uh, walking and chewing gum at the same time. I, I think that they've obviously the senior bowl, was last week and they, they, Mike Tomlin was there and there were some, some pretty interesting takeaways from that. And they'll, they'll be out, you know, at the combine. And uh, obviously that, you know, they're, they're also, you know, the front office guys, Andy White and Omar Khan, they're, they're obviously crunching the numbers and looking at all the free agency stuff. And I don't think the Steelers, you know, we saw them release three players uh, last week in order to create some salary cap, space so i think you'll see more of that whether it's releases or restructures uh i mean this is all the typical off-season stuff but man i you know again i think i think that the 
that the, the big thing is to get the plan in place so that they can move forward accordingly. All right, there we go. That he's the best in the business, folks. KT Smith. Really nobody for dude of the week this week. I can't even think of anybody outside of uh, football to even throw at the dude of the week. Do you have anybody on your mind? I mean, it was a quiet week, right? Everything sort of died down post Super Bowl, and yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of news or you know, not, not, nothing really kind of broke that would would lead us in that direction. So uh, we may be dudeless this week, Bri. Well, I tell you what, then let's think outside the box a little bit. Let's look at a former Steeler that seems to be out of uh, a broadcast gig as his contract has expired. Let's just go ahead and give the dude of the week to Ryan Clark. I love Ryan Clark. I can't believe that, 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 that he's not getting rehired. He's one of the most forthright and entertaining and interesting uh, commentators out there. So uh, I just, I feel as though, I don't know, maybe, maybe that, maybe he's too forthright, right? Maybe sometimes the guys who tell it like it is uh, ruffle some feathers. Well, I tell you what, right now I'm, I'm throwing it out there. If Ryan Clark is listening, I will go ahead and bump the stat geek <laughs> or bad language <laughs> for the Ryan Clark show on Steel Curtain Networks. So I'm just saying, I and I think Dave Schofield does not mind me bumping him for Ryan Clark because I'll oh, bump Dave, me for Dave Ryan minds, Clark. Brian. Dave minds. <laughs> uh, uh, not if he's seeing downloads for Ryan Clark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it sounds good. Uh, RC RC25 is our dude of the week. Let's go ahead and throw it that way. Uh, for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You gotta stick around. All the time. You got to be constantly checking. Tell your friends and family that if you want to hear Pittsburgh Steelers news and hear it first, you're going to find it here on the Steel Curtain Network, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. For Kevin, I'm bad. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for those hypocycloids. <laughs> <laughs>